Hey, it's Jen Garrett here, and welcome to the Move the Ball podcast. I've helped thousands of people to develop their own personal game plan to achieve that next level of greatness. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies of professional athletes, Fortune 500 executives, and successful entrepreneurs to elevate your hustle and get you across your goal line. So get ready. It's your time to move the ball. Hey, everyone. Jen Garrett here. It's so great to be back with you on another episode of Move the Ball. This episode is part of my special Path to the Draft series, where I am having conversations with NFL draft prospects on their path to the draft. So today, inside the huddle with us and ready to share his story and talk about his path to the draft is Tavante Beckett. Tavante is a college linebacker who committed to play at Virginia Tech before eventually transferring to Marshall University, where he has won numerous accolades, including the 2020 Conference USA Defensive Player of the Year Award. Tavante also was honored after the 2019 season as Marshall's Defensive MVP, an award he shared with fellow linebacker Omari Cobb. Tavante, welcome to the show. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. I'm very grateful to have this opportunity and uh can't wait to share my story. Well, we're so excited to have you with us today. So let's start off by you telling us more about how did you get into football? I actually got into football. My mom kind of threw me out there one day. You know, she got tired of me just sitting in the house and uh, she threw me out there to a neighborhood team in my neighborhood. And that's where I kind of took off. I kind of knew I was a special player at an early age. You know, your coaches tell you, but you also get that feeling that, you know, I'm one of the best kids out here at an early age. So you just I carried that compliment with me all through my life, kind of knowing that I'm going to be a professional football player one day and, I, and I'm going to make it to the NFL. And that's kind of been my motive. And I never shied away from that. No, you know, no matter how big I was or how much I weighed, I always knew I could play in the NFL. Love it. And for me, I fell in love with football when I was four. What was it about football that really excited you about the game? For me, just the physicality, you know, being a linebacker, you know, seeing people get hit. You know, and I just always was able to, that's kind of been my way to release my stress, release my anger, and I just leave it all on the field and I take it all out on the field. And that's kind of was a thing, you know, seeing Ray Lewis and stuff like that growing up just motivated me to go do the same thing that he did and same stuff that other football players do. And, you know, just seeing that growing up and just knowing that I can do that, that's kind of been my motivation. Just go prove to myself and prove to my family that, that I can go achieve my goal. That's awesome. And football teaches us so much about being successful beyond the game and being successful in life. In my book, Move the Ball, I draw out a lot of lessons that football has taught me over the years. And so can you share with us some of the lessons that you've taken away from the game to be successful beyond? For me, you know, first thing with football is the team sport, you know, so you can't go out there and just do everything yourself, you know, and it's okay to have teammates just as good as you and kind of the same thing in life. Like, you're not always going to be the best person at everything, you know, but that can't be your only motive is to be the best at everything. You just kind of got to be the best version of yourself. And football, that's a great way to show that. You got 11 people on the field, you know, 10 other teammates that you got to do. Everybody got to do their job and, and you got to be consistent. And that's stuff that transferred to life. You know, football teach you a lot of life lessons. You, you know, got coaches from an early age teach that I can still remember the lessons that they taught me growing up, you know, just 
being the best version of myself and stuff like that, that I transferred to uh, life outside of football. Sure. And now you, as I mentioned, when I read your bio, you were the CUSA Defensive Player of the Year, yes, 90 tackles, 31 solo, 59 assists, two and a half sacks, one pass deflection and two forced fumbles yes, last season. You also, as I mentioned, defensive MVP the season before you were named the CUSA Defensive Player of the Week yes, on two occasions, right? And so you've had all of these accolades based on your ability to perform on the field. Can you share with us what are the things that you've done to ensure that you excel in your position? You know, it's a lot that goes on outside of Saturday. You know, you, you get to see the stats and stuff like that in the conference MVP, but it's a lot that goes into that. You know, you have to have a great support system. You know, I got coaches that believe in me and design plays to my strength that they know I can excel at and stuff like that. And that just kind of plays a role in it too. But you also got to believe in yourself. Everything that I achieved this year and last year is stuff that I knew I could do. And when I came to Marshall, a lot of my goals I accomplished. My first year I won first team all conference. You know, I was a it was a couple players that was more favored to win the award than me. So the next year I made sure to go get that defensive player of the year. And that kind of was my motive, you know, to go to have a great season for us to be ranked and for me to go win that award. That was kind of stuff that I feel like I was destined for. And I had, I just had to go get it. You know, it takes a lot to study. You got to study film. You got to take care of your body. You know, us being college athletes, we're learning to be professional athletes, but it's easier said than done. You got to really take it serious, you know, cause you got school, you got college elements, stuff like that, that you got to put to the side and just focus on football and, it's not easy, but it's capable of doing. And that's what I went and did, you know, just locked in and, and putting my team first, putting my teammate first and laying it all on the line for them. And, and the goals, the other achievements, that just rolled through. That just comes along once you handle your business. You know, you can't really play every game thinking I got to be conference MVP, but I just got to do what I got to do, stay within the defense and everything else will come to me. And that's kind of what my coaches always told me. And I just had to believe it. And that's once I started believing it, everything that I wanted to achieve, I could achieve. Well, you've done some great things so far in your college career, looking forward to seeing what you do professionally. That's and you're nice. right, it, it is it is a lot of work. And I think that a lot of people don't understand how much work goes into it. They see the glamour and the glitz and the glory of That's being nice. a professional athlete. But there's a lot of preparation that a lot. goes on before you get to that point. And I recently read a quote that talked about how people love to want to be in the shoes of those who have made it, but they don't want to put the work in to get there. And so it's a lot of work to get to where you are right now. And again, I just applaud you for everything that you've done both on and off the field to be elite. Yes, ma'am. So share with us, what was your most memorable game playing college football? Well, I'm going to go with the recent one this year, you know, being, uh, we had App State coming in town, you know, and, and they was ranked, and they they just rushed. They just beat two Power Five schools the year before, and then the team that we lost to the same year, they played them the first game of the season, and and they had a great rushing yards, they over three hundred rushing yards, two three running backs over a hundred yards. So it was a fierce game coming in. We they don't go away from their game plan. We knew they were gonna run outside stretch, and you know they're a team that you know what they're going to do coming in. So me knowing that as a linebacker and I'm holding myself to that standard, it's kind of was, was my goal to just, we got to stop this run. You know, me and my linebackers, we always talked about, we know what's coming, you know, and we know what this game going to be on. And for me coming out there and just being as physical as I can, making a lot of plays, you know, that they couldn't stop. I knew they was keying in on me that game. And I just 
I didn't care. I didn't let the game plan stop me, and I just stuck to the cause, and, and I had a great game. You know, I had 16 tackles, and I won National Player of the Week that week. So for me, that was big, and, and we got ranked for the first time in a long time, and that's got the ball rolling for us, you know, for us to have a nationally ranked defense, top five in defensive, and, and for us to be ranked as low as 15th in the country, that all started. You know, after that game, that game was kind of a momentum shifter for us. It was a big-time game versus a big-time opponent, opponent in the knockoff a ranked team in the house and, and not let them run for 100 yards. That was a big thing for me because that's all I cared about throughout the week was stopping the run. Sure, yeah, that's very impressive. And tell us, how do you stay mentally locked in on game day? For me, man, I got kids at home. You know, I got two kids, so it's my job to be in college and handle my business to the best of my abilities so every game I just think about my kids and how hard I got to go and how hard I have to play because the other dude on the other side he don't have a child he might not have a child he definitely don't have two children so I look at myself as a father and as a young adult so when I'm playing against somebody I hold myself to a higher standard than them because I know they don't have the responsibilities that I have so for me that's everything me just I can't miss the tackle because my son gonna go to YouTube one day and he going to see his father out there, you know, so that's how I look at it. Like I got to go out there and I want him to play the game, take the game as serious as I take it. So I got to leave it all out there every play. And I also want to do it for my brothers, too, because I grind with 100 players every day for the last three years. And they, they looking at me as a leader. So I have to go out there and be the same person every day. You know, I'm going to bring the juice. I'm going to be very confident in a humbling way. You know, so I just want to set that standard early on. Oh, that's great. Wonderful answer. And I was someone that also had kids very young, so I can relate about wanting to be that role model early and taking things very seriously and holding yourself to a high standard. So something else I wanted to talk to you about in life, in football, we fumble the ball, we drop the ball, we miss a tackle. Can you share with us a time when you've done one of those things and how did you pick yourself up and recover and keep going? You know, funny you say that. I just think of my career early on. You know, I started off at Virginia Tech. You know, I was the second string behind the first rounder in college and uh, I got in trouble. You know, I got in trouble for marijuana and that was kind of my reality check because once I found out I had to transfer, it was just like, hang, so I can't play at my dream school. You know, this is a school that I always wanted to go to and I get there and I fumble the ball. You know, so I just look, you know, you got to look yourself in the mirror. You can't blame nobody else but yourself. You know, once you understand that, you understand what you got to do next. So once I understood I had to do next and that was transferring to Marshall and I had to sit out a year, I realized how much I really love football. And I had to sit out and just watch people get drafted, watch people do stuff that I know I could do. And that was all my all the motivation I needed because, you know, the next two years I got to play football, you know, the one thing about me, I'm going to lay it all out there every play. I'm not going to take a playoff, and I'm going to be excited to come to work, and I'm going to practice how I play. So I, every day I practice, I would juice up, you know, setting that tone at practice because I can't take a day for granted. And that was just the biggest thing for me, not taking a day for granted because I already missed two years, you know. The year I got suspended, then the year I had to sit out, that's two years that I couldn't get back. So all I had was two left. But that was all I needed, you know. That's, you know, I, I believed in, I had faith in God, and I just, I knew I was destined for it. You know, I just had a reality check and needed a new environment, and I had to go to a new school and start all over and earn the respect of my teammates and coaches. And it's not an easy thing to do, you know, but it's it's something that I was able to do because I had the right people around me and I had the right mindset going into my next school. 
And that's why I picked the ball back up and just never dropped it again. Well, that's great. And I appreciate you sharing that yes, story because it's not always fun for us to talk about those things, right, in our lives. But, yes, I, ma'am. but I, no I think it's important for us to own our past and take ownership over our actions. Yes. And it's okay. We're, we're human. We make mistakes. We're not perfect. But so it's really about taking that ownership and then picking that ball back up and then figuring out how to move forward. Yes, ma'am. So what I want to do now to end the show is I want to take you through my two minute drill. Just to ask you some fun questions. Okay. okay. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am. All right. <laughs> so first one is outside of football. What do you like to do? I actually like to uh, just be on YouTube for, you know, looking up football, looking up life motivation stuff. Like, I'm a big YouTube guy. I have an Xbox, but I don't play video games no more. You know, I kind of left that alone right before the season. I just haven't had the motive to really get back into it. <laughs> gotcha. Your priorities are shifting. Yeah, yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. All right, next question is, who is your favorite professional sports team? And it doesn't have to be professional football. It can be any pro sports team. I'm going to stay away from the football question. <laughs> no, I don't know who's going to take a chance on me, but... uh. Definitely, uh, Le- I'm a LeBron fan, if anything. So I don't want to say Lakers. I'm not really a bandwagon, but I need LeBron to get as many rings as he can because that's my favorite athlete of all time. Got it. Yeah, LeBron's definitely one of those great athletes on the court, but also a great person off the court and making such a difference yes, in the ma'am. community. Yes, ma'am. Great role model. Yes. All right, next question is, what's your favorite movie? Favorite movie? I actually don't watch movies. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. If I had to go with one... Uh, Remember the Titans, you know, football. That's a good one. Yep, it's my favorite football movie. It's in my state, Virginia, so, yeah. There you go. Even better. All right, next question is, what's your favorite food? Macaroni or salmon? Okay, salmon. those are very... How two, are you <laughs> two different, uh, Two different foods. Okay, uh, next question is, what's the best piece of advice you've been given by a coach? For me, you know, my coach, J.C. Price, greatest quote ever for me is, who are you doing it for? It's more important than how you feel. You know, with football, you're getting banged up every day. But, you know, who I'm doing it for, my kids at home, it's more important. So that's the greatest quote ever. Got it. It's connecting it to your why, to your purpose, yes, which is, is great. Okay, so I'm going to flip it. What's the best piece of advice that you would give someone? When you face adversity, just you got to look in the mirror and just and realize the problem and go fix it, man. Don't give up on your dream. And that's big to me, Never to never give up. You know, Look yourself in the mirror and pick yourself back up if you face adversity. Because in life, you're going to face adversity. Absolutely. Time and time again, you will face it. That's enough. All right. The last question is, you're hosting a dinner party, and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Okay. Who would you pick and why? So LeBron going to get my invite. Shannon Sharp can get my invite. I watch him a lot. And let me get Skip Bayless in there, too. Just, oh, that's just spice a- it up. <laughs> get some arguments going. Yes, got the undisputed. <laughs> that, that would be a very uh, yeah. dynamic conversation, for <laughs> sure. LeBron in the face. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Well, as we are ending the show, tell people, how can they follow you on your journey? You can follow me on my journey, you know, through social media, if anything. You know, I have Instagram, Tavante underscore. My Twitter, Tavante4. You know, it's it's kind of more more in depth to what I got going on and daily updates on my Instagram or stuff that I got going on. But uh, yeah, that's the way you could keep up with me. You know, I'm pretty sure everybody's familiar with Google, but to get a more closer look to myself, you know, my social media accounts is uh, where I'm at. Okay, perfect. And we'll be sure to put those social links in the show notes too, so people can follow you on your journey and your path to the draft. So yes, ma'am. thank you, Tavante, so much for being on the show today. It's been a true pleasure. 
Thank you. I'm blessed to have this opportunity. Thank you. Yes. And we wish you much success in the draft and in this next chapter for you. And thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode. And we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.